me to know that the Lord is faithful. Amen. God is faithful. Hallelujah. He is faithful in all of his ways. I believe that the Lord is going to show you his faithfulness this morning. God is going to remind you of the faithfulness of God. Hallelujah. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus. Lord, as we go to the ministry of your word today, Lord, I pray that accompanying your word will be the demonstration of your power. Father, we love you. We thank you, Lord, that no one is in this room by chance or accident. But, Father, in these next few moments, we give this time to you, and we pray, God, that there will be an unleashing of the Holy Spirit, that the wind of God will blow through this house, Lord, and we will never be the same. Father, encourage our hearts, we pray. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen and amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Thank you. Thank you so much for being in God's house. How many know that it was, it, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. It is so good to be in God's house. So thank you so much for welcoming to your house. Thank you, Pastor Finney, for uh, inviting me to this wonderful conference. I've had a great time this past weekend and your wonderful people, the wonderful hospitality. Anytime there's a chance for me to get a little bit of taste of India, uh, I love it. And uh, so many of you know I been uh, asked many times to minister there in Calcutta, India, and Bangalore, India, and Mumbai, and I just love what God is doing uh, throughout the nations, and I thank God for being here this morning, so thank you. It is an honor and privilege. My wife bring you greetings. I bring you greetings from Bellsburg Assembly of God, where I'm the lead pastor there of our wonderful church there in the inner city, and God is doing amazing, amazing things as we speak, and so thank you so much. I bring you greetings, and, and but let's just get right to God's word, as I know that many of you are here, and you're saying, God, I need a word from you. I need to hear from you, and I believe that God is going to speak to us in such a powerful way. I want to bring you a message, just simple and titled, When Things Don't Go As You Plan. And so many times, if you are here this morning, how many of you are planners? You love to plan things out in advance? Come on, I know that's all my ladies on the inside. You kind of like when things are going as you planned it, when you scheduled it. And oftentimes when we plan things, I want to be talking about, and ye shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And we are to be people of the Spirit. Well, oftentimes things don't go as you planned because we didn't leave room for God. That I'm going to encourage you to leave room for God, for God to shift some things and move some things around. And so this message may bring a lot of our planners in the room. Uh, you may be insane after this message, but trust me, if we allow the Lord to speak to us, we'll see uh, a why. And so when things don't go as you plan, oftentimes when things don't go as you plan, we become bitter, we become frustrated. We become doubtful and even sometimes defeated. All of us react to change in many different ways. We are all, listen, we're, we're planners. We plan ahead. It's wonderful. But this, this message, listen, I'm not saying that it's not good to plan ahead as people of the Spirit. We're planning things out. Yes, we plan retreats. We, we plan things ahead. We're planning on going to college. We're planning on going to work. I understand that. And there's some good things to planning. Come on, if you are planning this room, let me hear you say amen. There are good things to planning. Let me just bring up a few things uh, for you uh, here in God's word. But few things that it's good to plan about. This is the scripture verses that we're going to go through. Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Here we go. Benefits to having a detailed plan. You may want to write this down. First of all, when you're planning ahead, it will save you time. It will save you energy, and it will save you resources. 
Some other benefits uh, that we're talking about when many times we're talking about saving time, energy, and resources. I believe this. These are some different ways that you can save time, energy, and resources. Here we go. You want to just, this is some fun facts for you. Before you go shopping, whatever you're doing or whatever, you, before you go shopping, make sure you go with a shopping list. When you go with a detailed list, you can be in and out of there. You wouldn't waste time. You wouldn't waste resources. You know what you're going to. Because oftentimes when you don't go with a shopping list, you're going to come out with things you never planned on getting. Shopping. Next thing is, here's another thing. I'm still, come on, I'm a work in progress, y'all. I'm married. I'm married with five kids. I've been married now for, for about 14 years. I've been with my wife for 20 years, so I'm just a work in progress. But oftentimes when, I, when I'm planning, you know, I try to plan ahead, but, but here's the thing that will save you time, energy, and resources. You ready for this? You may want to write this down. Put things back where they belong. That's something I'm really learning, to put things back where they belong. Because oftentimes when I misplace things, then I end up blaming my wife for things I did. Come on, somebody. Can somebody say amen? Oftentimes when I can't find something, I think my wife knows everything. So I say, honey, where are the where are my sneakers? And she'll say, where did you put them? I don't know. And I end up wasting so much time trying to find things because if I were to put things back where they belong, how many of you know I would have saved time, energy, and resources? That's another one. Plan ahead as much as in advance as you can. It will limit surprises. So there's good things to planning. But what happens when things don't go as you plan? Today, just for a moment, we're going to draw from the events that took place surrounding the promise of the birth of John the Baptist. We're going to look at his dad and his mom, Elizabeth, and from the life of Zachariah and Elizabeth. When things don't go as planned, how many of you know sometimes, even though you are a spirit-filled believer, sometimes bad things happen to good people? Sometimes things happen. What do you do when things happen to good people? What do you do when things don't go as you plan? What do you do when you're feeling discouraged and feel like giving up? What do you feel when you're feeling so disappointed and overwhelmed by the world's troubles? What do you do when you can't see clearly? We're going to be looking at the book of Luke in Luke chapter 1 very briefly. To save us time, I encourage you to read from Luke chapter 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 5 through 25. Powerful story of the testimony of John the Baptist and his parents, Zechariah. And Elizabeth, and we're going to look at that in a moment. But I want to bring up three P's for you today. Three P's that are extremely important, especially when things aren't going as you had planted. How many of you know you will face problems in your life? Storms will come whether you like it or not. It is going to rain. But I'm going to show you how with every problem, that's the first P, with every problem there is a promise. And with every promise, there is a provision. So I want to look at this very briefly today. First, I want to talk about the problem. The problem here, what we found in the book of Luke, chapter 1, verse 5 through 7, is that Elizabeth and Zechariah remained childless. The Bible says in the time of Herod, the king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah. He belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife, Elizabeth, was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them, watch this, were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive. And 
they were both very old. The promise of God does not have an expiration date. The problem that Zechariah and Elizabeth encountered was a problem that they did not foresee when they signed up for this marriage vow. I'm sure that Zechariah and Elizabeth visioned the day where they were going to get married and have children and things were going to go great and they were going to have all family members over. It was going to be the biggest barbecue. Come on, somebody. Nobody does a party like an Indian party. We love family. We love community. We love food and fellowship. And, but could you imagine as, 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 as Zachariah and Elizabeth was coming to the barbecue and they were saying, um, you know, where's the babies? Where are the babies? Where are the babies? They heard it over and over and over again. And they probably said, we're trying. We're doing everything that we can do, but God's not answering us. Things didn't go as they planned and in their culture, childbearing was extremely important. And oftentimes in their culture, when someone could not bear children, disgrace will come upon that person. People will speak in the village and say, what's going on with Zachariah and Elizabeth? Where's the children? Maybe, maybe they've done something against God. Maybe, maybe God has cursed them. Maybe, and so she's feeling as a less than, but God saw her as a more than. Come on, somebody. Come on, somebody. Many times, man would judge the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. Come on, somebody. We're preaching this morning. How y'all doing? You guys doing okay? The Bible says in Luke chapter 1, verse 25, after God has provided the promise and the provision, here's, here's what happened. The Bible says in Luke 1, 25, it says, The Lord has done this for me. In these days, he has shown me his favor. Watch this now. And he has taken away my disgrace. Did anyone know that she was going through this? While her husband was a priest. I wonder what was going on through their thoughts. God, remember we are the descendants of Aaron. God, but we are the righteous. God, we obey you in every area of our lives. God, this isn't going as I planned it. With every problem, there's the promise. The Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 1, verse 13, it says, but the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife, Elizabeth, will bear you a son, and you are to call him John. Oh, my God. Let me tell you about the promise of God. What I love about this promise is that God didn't just say, hey, Elizabeth, you're going to have a son, or Elizabeth, you're going to have a child. God put a name on the promise. Oh, my gosh. The promise was on its way. Despite the problems and the obstacles and the challenges that stand in the way of the promise, when God plans it, there is nothing on earth that can stop the promise of God. He said you will call him John. Today I believe that there's a promise with your name on it. It's on its way. It has God's name on it and it is for you. I'm going to talk about then the provision. The Bible says in the book of Luke chapter 1 verse 57, when it was time, I'm learning as a believer to learn the timing of God. 
when God's not coming on my time, I get a problem with it. But when things happen in God's timing, it is perfect. God is a God of promise, yes, but he's a God of timing. The Bible says when it was time for Elizabeth to have her baby, she gave birth to a son. Today, I don't want to just focus on Zachariah and Elizabeth. I want God to speak to you. I want to go over three things not to do when you don't know what to do. One, do not neglect your quiet time. If you're new today from the church, maybe you don't know how to follow Jesus, quiet time is just you and God. It's just you and him. Luke chapter 8 here, I'm sorry, but the Bible says, the Bible says that Zechariah and Elizabeth were individuals who lived righteous and they observed all the Lord's commands blamelessly. In other words, they were men and women who knew how to walk with God despite the problems that were in their life. I believe that Zechariah was chosen by God, by lot, because he was a man that knew how to get along with God. Don't neglect your quiet time. Secondly, don't neglect your ministry. Ministry. Luke chapter 1 verse 8 and 9 says, once when Zacharias, once when Zacharias' division was on duty and he was serving as priest before God. Do you ever try serving God and being angry at him all at the same time? It doesn't work. It will drive you insane. I remember ministering before the word of God and my people on a Sunday morning. And I was talking about forgiveness and the power of forgiveness and God just kind of turned the message back at me and says, there's someone in your life that you're not forgiving. Hello. Ministry. The Bible says they were serving as priests before God, and he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. Oftentimes when people become disappointed and discouraged in their relationship with God, there are two things that begin to drift. One is their quiet time with God. Two is their commitment and responsibility to God's house and their ministry. You say, why does this happen? Hear me. In other words, people just stop showing up. They begin to say, Pastor, I need a break. Pastor, I just need some time off. Pastor, I just need some time away. Pastor, listen, I, 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 I just want to find a new church. Pat, and all the long wait time, you are the one that's neglecting your time alone with him and your ministry responsibility. I wonder as God was speaking to Zachariah, and they called Zachariah, and Zachariah, his wife, is full of disgrace, and he's worrying, God, when are you going to come through? I wonder when they called Zachariah's division. I wonder if Zachariah said, you know what? I'm kind of tired of all this. I got some personal needs. I am the priest, and God's not coming through for me. How about you just find somebody else to get the job done? 
It's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that Zechariah was faithful even unto God's house. Zechariah's job in the ministry was this, to keep the incense burning. If you read the Old Testament, you will realize that in the Jewish uh, heritage or in their relationship with God and the Israelites, they were chosen, the priestly division, the Levites were chosen to take care of God's house. And as they were taking care of God's house, there were different groups that were sort of portioned to the church so that they can get the things done in ministry. You know, oftentimes it's amazing how there are individuals that are supposed to be doing the work, but when it doesn't get done, it falls on the pastor's responsibility, and that's not right. But the Bible says during that time they would have burned incense, and their job was don't let the fire go out. That incense was supposed to burn and never go out. I wonder if Zechariah, every time he went to the temple with his own problems, with his own hurts and hang-ups and disappointments, I wonder when he got before the fire that it reminded him as he lit the fire and burned incense, he was saying, God, don't let my fire go out. God, don't let my burning desire to serve you go out. When things aren't going your way, do you still say, God, you are faithful? He didn't neglect the ministry. It's oftentimes easy to do that. Thirdly, don't neglect your mission. You know, the Bible says when his time of service was completed, I love this part. It's my favorite part in the whole message. The Bible says, I promise I won't sweat on you. The Bible says he returned home. I wonder as he went home, he's got this promise. I wonder if he ran home. I wonder if he jogged home. The Bible says he went home. And I wish I had more time to explain this, but I'll keep it short. He believed the promise. He went home to be with his wife. I want to talk to every man in this house. Your first responsibility is to your home. Before you do anything great for God in ministry, your first mission is your home. What I love about Zechariah is Zechariah was known as the priest of the temple. But don't be mistaken that he first was called to be the priest of his home. What do you do when your wife is in distress, discouraged, full of disgrace? I love what the Bible tells us, those of you that are married in this house. The role of the man, the head of the household, is to be the priest of our own home first. What are we to do? We are to cleanse and wash our wives with the washing of the word of God. So when he went home after after this time in the temple, This was his first ministry. His first ministry was, God, I want my house to be in order. Our first responsibility must be continually our family. Luke chapter 1, verse 63, as the, maybe the worship team can just lead us in the song. Is that okay? Great is thy faithfulness, that song we just sung. Bible says he asked for a writing tablet 
And to everyone's astonishment, he wrote, his name is John. Watch this. Immediately, his mouth was open, his tongue set free. He began to speak and praise God. I am believing that God is going to loose your tongue. That freedom is going to come into your life. And that the words that will come out will not be the problems. The bigger the problems, the bigger the promise. Oh, come on, son. The bigger the problem, the bigger the promise. The more fruitful the provision, there will be problems. But I tell you this morning in the name of Jesus, do not lose sight of the promise of God. Because while the problem is there, the promise is on its way. The Bible says us, what gets us from the problem to the provision. Oh my God, I tell you this this morning. It is the promise that carries you to the provision. This isn't a self-help book. This is a promise for you that you can put your faith and trust in Him. Oh God, you're faithful. God, you're faithful. Today, can we stand to our feet today? There are three truths to sustain you. You've got to remember this. God always has his plan. He knows the beginning and the end.
problem, the promise is bigger than you. You would trust yourself into the hands of God and all his promises will be yes and amen. Worship team, can you just sing that song, that chorus as I send it over back to pastor. Great is thy faithfulness. Come on, church. Come on, can we lift our hands to God today? Yeah. 